Welcome to this episode of the Legal Page Podcast. The biggest, big lesson that we have learned from 2020 is what? Now, as much as we could wish that a crystal ball would just tell us and see into the future for us about what's going to occur in the years and months to come, the one thing we all know is we can't predict what's going to happen or how it's going to impact our businesses. And that's the biggest thing that we learned in 2020. Now, as a, an attorney, my team and I were trained for this stuff, all of the what ifs and assessing those. I want to protect you from worst case scenarios, playing the devil's advocate here. It is basically in our blood to do this. And yet the pandemic has proved what we've always known. You need to be prepared for anything. And the good news is, is there's hope on the horizon for small businesses with the release of the COVID vaccine. Thank you, science. But we still can't say for sure what's going to happen in terms of differing states and counties implementing protocols for COVID-19. That means another shutdown is not completely off the table, which begs the question that everyone keeps asking me, if a stay-at-home order or increased restrictions are put into place again, Paige, is that a force majeure event? In this episode today, I am going to go over what force majeure is again and reiterate everything that I have in my previous episode on force majeure here on the podcast. I'm going to talk about if there's another shutdown, does that mean force majeure under our contract? And then I'm going to go over why notice is crucial in a force majeure clause. So let's get into this. You're listening to The Legal Page Podcast, where we chat about life and business with a legal twist. I'm Paige, attorney and photographer helping online businesses and creatives tackle their business dreams without breaking out in hives. No more legal mumbo jumbo. This podcast features simple bite-sized advice that'll have you legally legit in no time. Are you ready? Let's get started. As a reminder, before we get into this episode, I am legally obligated to give my disclaimer. So I am an attorney, but I am not your attorney. All legal information I talk about on this episode is intended for the masses and a large variety of different businesses. I am only your attorney when you hire me and we sign an engagement letter for me to work specifically on your legal issues. Please feel free to seek out another attorney in your hometown if you need specific legal advice or contact me for more information. Alrighty, here's the episode, friends. I think it's best to just start out with a reminder for you all on what force majeure is. So force majeure in legal terms is defined as unforeseeable circumstances that prevent someone from fulfilling a contract. A force majeure clause in your contract relieves one or both parties from performing their obligations under the contract when certain circumstances arise that are beyond both parties or one party's control. And the most important thing to remember is that a force majeure event has to be unpredictable and unforeseeable at the time of contracting. And usually when, you know, all of these force majeure clauses were within contracts to begin with, prior to COVID-19 happening and epidemics and pandemics getting kind of wrapped up into this is that force majeure clauses were really intended for 
for natural disasters. But now pandemics are on the horizon for everyone. We all know about it. And so force majeure is also implicated when a pandemic or epidemic basically is unpredictable or unforeseeable. So for when all of us had contracts in 2019, the pandemic happened in 2020. No one could predict that at the time of contracting. And then a government shutdown ultimately meant that you couldn't perform under the contract. No one could leave their house. No one could host events. So I've addressed the issue of force majeure in previous blogs and YouTube episodes and, of course, podcasts here on the Legal Page podcast. I've been doing this ad nauseum at this point, um, but force majeure is still really important for all of us to understand as small business owners. And I really, really want to be clear here, and that's why I'm kind of doing this updated force majeure podcast for you all, is because it is an essential clause to include in all of your contracts. And basically, that's the biggest lesson we learned in 2020. So last year, it was no doubt that the COVID-19 virus caught us all by surprise. No one could predict the devastating effects that COVID-19 would have on so many industries, especially the wedding and event industry. And it would essentially, what occurred with force majeure and contracts in 2020 and COVID-19, it changed the way we structure our businesses. And the most important thing that I can tell you right now is that at the time of contracting with your clients, You as the business owner and your clients have to have really no idea that COVID-19 was a thing or that the pandemic could basically take over the world and shut down everything. And again, that is why clients were able to cry, force majeure, I'm going to implicate the force majeure clause in the contract in spring of 2020 and summer of 2020 for their weddings and events because when they contracted with you probably months or a year prior or even longer, uh, you just had no idea that the pandemic was going to, you know, obviously implicate their event to such a high degree. And so lots of people were asking for like complimentary reschedules or were trying to cancel the contract uh, due to a force majeure event. All right. So that is what happened last year. I talked all about that in my force measure episode. So please go back and refer to those. Those are going to be episode 49, 50, and 51. But as of now, COVID-19 is no longer an unpredictable or unforeseeable event. It's expected to be a concern for a while when it comes to scheduling and planning weddings or events. And you know about it as a wedding industry vendor and your clients know about it as they're planning their event. Now, because unpredictability, quote unquote, and suddenness, quote unquote, are factors in determining whether an event constitutes force majeure at The basic level, what you need to know is COVID-19 is no longer a force majeure event. COVID's going to be a part of our lives for a while longer, even in the best case scenario. And that means if your county or state does shut down again due to the rise of COVID-19 restrictions, that's not entirely an unpredictable event. We, as Anyone that's living in today's day and age, especially in the wedding and event industry, if you are a business owner, it's a possibility in our minds. We all know about it. And let's be real here. It's a possibility in your clients' minds as well. Therefore, it's no longer in the realm of force majeure and is not something that your clients can claim. So my point here is please don't let your clients tell you that force majeure is still at play because it's not. 
And while judges probably would have considered the argument in, you know, March through May of 2020, when the United States was shut down, and maybe even potentially into the summer of 2020, U.S. judges and, you know, briefing from attorneys, they are, a judge is not going to entertain that type of argument now. But the one big caveat that I did want to give here is that's particular to the United States. We have lots of states that are open or at least, you know, quasi open for business with, you know, minor restrictions in place for COVID-19. And I'm just really specifically talking about the United States. I know that other places like Canada, it's like impossible to even get into right now. They are in another government shutdown. Um, and you know, it's just different. I have another really good photographer friend who is in Iceland and they have been in this perpetual continual state of the borders being closed. Thus force majeure has been an issue like since the beginning of COVID-19 because At the time of contracting and the time the event was supposed to be held, her clients couldn't get to her in Iceland because the borders were closed. And guess what? The borders are still closed. So unfortunately, they are still dealing with force majeure. And what I'm saying here is that in the United States, if you are a United States business owner, the event is in the United States and clients and you are traveling, if at all, Uh, within the United States, then force majeure is no longer something that your clients could claim under the contract uh, that would implicate either a complimentary reschedule or a cancellation. And then quickly, I really wanted to go over the absolutely crucial aspect in force majeure language in your contracts, because you guys know I'm a contract attorney. I write contracts all day long, and I really, truly, truly care about the words in your contract. And the element of force majeure that you absolutely have to keep in mind is the notice requirement in your force majeure clause language. Now, notice can often be overlooked, and that's one of the things that I, you know, as an attorney, I'm always assessing and really advising my clients to be aware of, and it's crucial to consider when you are looking at your force majeure clause and or drafting new force majeure clause language. So I want to be here to just help you, kind of guide you through the process on what you should be thinking of when you issue your notice for force majeure or your clients issue a notice for force majeure. So notice in terms of force majeure means that the impacted party of the force majeure event, so say your clients are impacted by COVID-19, they are providing you notice, okay? So they're the impacted party. They are notifying the other party or parties to the contract that they cannot perform their obligations or pay a certain amount under the contract because a force majeure event made it impossible for them to do so. So issuing notice is a key component of a force majeure clause because it explains that the impact of a force majeure event cannot last forever. It will only allow a party to the contract to kind of cry force majeure for a certain period of time. And you want to specifically delineate that amount in your contract. If you have any legal page template contracts, you're going to see usually a comment on the side where I say, usually within five to 10 days is common practice here. You don't want clients to cry force majeure 60, 90 days later after the force majeure event became a well-known thing and phenomenon. So if COVID-19 is going to impact them, 
they need to tell you within five to 10 days of the first day of the force majeure event coming into play. So notice is protecting yourself from any potential litigation. And in a worst case scenario, your client will not like the alternatives you propose to respond to a force majeure event and will bring suit against you. That's the one thing that I'm trying to avoid here. So providing notice establishes that record and proof. You guys know I talk about evidence a lot on this podcast and it provides that record that your clients did contact you pursuant to your notice language in your force majeure clause. Thus, they did contact you within the time period set forth in the language that your force majeure clause explains and that you contacted your client back in adequate time and provided them with the opportunity to pursue reasonable alternatives. So most force majeure language is going to state something like this. The impacted party must notify the other party within five days of a force majeure event. And then you have to kind of try to find reasonable alternatives to resolve performance or payment under the contract that was impacted to a force majeure event. And usually you have around 30 days to kind of resolve, come up with a mutual agreement on what you're going to do due to this force majeure event. Them notifying you that they can't host the event or pay means that it doesn't constantly breach of contract. And then if those 30 days are up, um, if that's the time period you put under your notice requirement in your force majeure clause, and you guys don't come to a resolution, then it's a termination of the contract. Now make sure that after that, if you say, okay, under your force majeure clause, you know, we've decided to terminate. So in the event of termination due to a force majeure event, what happens with fees paid and what happens to this contract? So make sure you explain that language as well. We have it in all of our force majeure clauses in our contracts. Um, and you can also get this type of force majeure clause at thelegalpage.com if you're looking for a very well-written one that is up to date with the current times and COVID-19. Have you added a force majeure clause and an acknowledgement of COVID-19 clause into your contract for 2021 that you have with clients? Well, it's time to make sure that you're legally legit and covered for whatever this coming year throws your business way. Head over to the TLP shop and make sure you add not only a force majeure clause, but also an acknowledgement of COVID-19 and no rescheduling clause into your cart today. That's at thelegalpage.com. Another question that comes up is, do you also have to follow the notice requirement as the non-impacted party under a contract? The simple answer is yes. You have to check the language in your force majeure clause and make sure that you're also following the notice requirements because both you and your client or clients signed off on that. So like I said, it's within five to 10 days of when the impacted party first knew of the force majeure event. Uh, so, you know, they can't just like, that's the biggest issue with litigation that I see right now is clients are just sitting on COVID-19 and they're just waiting. But if you have a specific notice requirement in your contract, that is the easiest argument for you to make. Hey, I'm sorry, Sally, you didn't notify me, you know, back in March when COVID was an issue and, you know, your, your wedding is 
coming up like very soon. Like if you would have notified me, then we could have taken appropriate steps and we would have had adequate fine, adequate time to find a reasonable alternative. And then again, if they do notify you within, you know, that short period of time, uh, then usually the parties would have around 15 to 30 days to try to like cure performance is um, a good legal theory to kind of wrap your head around. So you have to try to like host the event in a different way, whether that's like modifying the guest count or modifying how you're going to perform your services, or maybe they want to like, if you're a photographer, use your coverage towards something else. So you're curing performance in some way or find an alternative solution. And then again, if there's no solution agreed upon, the contract would terminate. So how do you accurately provide that type of notice? So when your clients uh, provide you with notice, firstly, I want you to make sure that someone's doing it in writing and you can do this via email, but don't just like assume that getting on the phone with somebody and like kind of talking about COVID-19 and the implications of it on their wedding or event is going to mean that they are stating force majeure applies. So make sure that your clients provide you with written notice and and it should include, uh, you know, an explanation of how the event that they have falls under force majeure and how that event is preventing them from being able to host their event Um, you know, pay for any of your services as agreed to under the contract and then vice versa, right? Like if you aren't able to perform because say you are impacted by some government shutdown or your local regulations and guidelines disallow you from performing services or say you are an, you know, international photographer or videographer and you legit can't go to that country, okay? Then you are impacted by force majeure and you're going to have to explain how, you know, this is falls under force majeure and then how you are prevented from performing your duties. So it's impossible for you to perform. You have to explain that. And then, um, you know, tell your clients what happens next. Do they have rescheduling opportunities? And what are your COVID policies surrounding that? If you're terminating the contract, is there any sort of partial refund issued or are you keeping your full retainer under the contract? So your notice um, to your clients should leave your clients feeling confident and comfortable with the fact that they now have options and you've thought about what happens next, right? And then in tandem with that, when they reach out to you, like you need to have a plan when the clients notify you. So don't be afraid to issue multiple notices when it comes to a force majeure event as well. For legal purposes, the more evidential proof that you have that you issued notice, the better, right? You can say, hey, judge, I emailed this person five times in the past three months to try to figure out, you know, how, what they want to do with their wedding or event due to COVID-19. And they've basically ghosted me. Having that type of documentation is important for legal purposes. Not to mention the unstable nature of a force majeure event means that things are always changing. So just make sure you guys to keep the lines of communication open with your clients. That's what I want most for you. And assure your clients that they are able to contact you about any concerns that they have. But be clear that they have X amount of days to make their decision pursuant to that notice language in your force majeure clause. So say, hey, I think force majeure is still an issue. You know, it's if it is, you know, 
in your area and pursuant to the facts and circumstances of your contractual relationship with your clients, if it is an issue, make sure you inform them, hey, you have about 30 days to decide now um, that I'm notifying you of force majeure. All in all, you guys, remember force majeure, not really an issue any longer in the United States unless a shutdown occurs that completely makes it impossible to perform. So if your county or state is just issuing different requirements and regulations surrounding how to operate your business under COVID-19, but you can still legally perform your services, it's not a force majeure situation. So don't let your clients argue that and don't be susceptible to that. Um, stand firm, you know, as a business owner and say, you know, force majeure was a thing in, you know, early 2020, summer of 2020. It's no longer an issue now. This is a voluntary cancel or rescheduling situation on your client's behalf. If they can at least do something with your services, okay? Because lots of photographers and videographers and wedding planners and DJs, like they have contracts with clients not based on the capacity or people present at the event, right? You can shoot an eight-hour huge wedding just as much as you can shoot an eight-hour elopement right now. And then just note that your force majeure clauses need to have three key components. And that's the biggest update I can give you in this episode. The first is make sure that you are explaining what a force majeure event is in your clause language. Specifically delineate that epidemics and pandemics are involved in that. As you've listened to my other episodes, you know, you know that war and terrorism and riots and avalanches and hurricanes, like those are all force majeure events that were probably expressly delineated in your contract previous to COVID-19. So please add in epidemics and pandemics. Um, Make sure that you add in kind of unpredictable, unforeseeable, and make it impossible to perform that type of language. That's going to be in the first third of your force majeure clause. This, you know, the second part of your force majeure clause is going to have the notice requirement that I just talked about. When does the impacted party have to notify the other impacted or non-impacted party? And then when does a resolution have to occur to try to cure performance in some way, shape, or fashion? Respectively, that's about five to 10 days. And then 15 to 30 days is kind of commonplace legal standards there. And then finally, the last third of your clause needs to have something surrounding if termination occurs, you know, you can't cure performance, you guys aren't coming to a resolution due to COVID-19 as the force majeure event impacting your contract. What happens with fees paid? So are fees paid, you know, non-refundable, but they are transferable for X amount of time. That's usually what we suggest if you're in the wedding and event industry to make it a reasonable thing if, you know, COVID-19 is still impacting them or, you know, an avalanche takes out their venue, just all of those type of scenarios. Uh, You have to do things that are reasonable as a business owner. Yes, of course, a retainer probably shouldn't be refunded, but you still probably haven't performed all of your services at that point if some force majeure event is basically blanketly disallowing you from continuing on under the contract and under the status quo. Um, So just make sure that you can transfer your services and their payments to another time and they can, you know, try to use that in another fashion in the future. So that's all I have for you today on today's episode. Um, If you need any of these show notes, you can find them at thelegalpage.com and you can click on our podcast tab at the top of our website. Um, We also have a force majeure clause that is free that you can get. Um, It is 
virtually all inclusive. It doesn't have that language at the end. Um, that explains kind of the transferability of fees and all of those things. Um, but if you want a free force majeure clause to just get started, I will link that in the show notes. So just make sure to go to the show notes, um, for today's episode. And then I'll also link our paid force majeure clause that has all of the language that you will need. And I promise you it's well worth it to invest in that. So get out your contracts, make sure that your force majeure language has all of these components And if you have any further questions about force majeure and shutdowns and notice requirements and any updates that you have in 2021 related to force majeure, feel free to hit me up at thelegalpage.com or our Legal Page community on Facebook. Chat soon, my friends. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Legal Page Podcast. See, I told you being legally legit isn't so scary. Be sure to visit thelegalpage.com for all show notes. And it would be super awesome if you could head over to iTunes and leave a review. Last but not least, don't forget to join my free Facebook group for unlimited legal and biz Q&A. Chat soon, Legal Pagers. (laughs) 